You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Happy Sunday, everybody, and welcome again to Feast at Home. My name is Brother Audie Villaraza, and I'm just so excited to preach a word that God placed in my heart this week. But before I do that, let me just give a special mention to some special people in this virtual room right now. That's right. Happy Father's Day to all my fellow dads out there. Come on, high five your dad if he is physically with you right now. Let's give them some love. Come on. And I want you to join me as we pray for all the dads out there, whether you are a biological dad or a spiritual dad or a foster dad to somebody, or even if you just happen to have a dad's bod, that's fine, okay? (laughs) I want you to extend your hand towards a father right now, whether it's virtual or physical, and let's think of them as we pray. God in heaven, we thank you for all the dads out there who are doing their best, trying to raise their family according to the best of their God-given abilities. We pray for fathers who are looking for opportunities to bring their families closer to you. And we pray that the Holy Spirit would anoint them from from head to foot with supernatural grace, supernatural wisdom, supernatural guidance and strength and self-control. And we pray, Lord, that you would love them today. Make them the father that you have called them to be. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, happy Father's Day to all my fellow dads out there, all right? I'm sending you my virtual high five right now. (laughs) God bless you. And with that, okay, let's begin our session for today as we come in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is a prayer that we always do every week. So in case you're new, this is going to be your prayer for starting today, all right? I want you to open your hands out just like this and then say these words with me. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healings, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I'm God's servant, and I'm God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, Blessing the world, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray and let's sing in honor of God's word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Because today is going to be a special day. We're going to try to change things a little bit. In fact, starting today, this is going to be the new format, okay? I'm going to just greet you, just like what I did, but I'm going to call on the next preacher, Brother Bo, okay? He's going to give the premise of the talk that we're going to be uh, studying for today. And then I will come back right after to give you the Word of God, okay? So if you're ready, I'm ready as well. I want you to type in right now, I am so ready for the Word of God. And with that, Please welcome Brother Bo Sanchez. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining the feast. And I'm so excited to share with you the word. Are you ready? Here it is. Throw away the ladder. One more time. Type it in the comments also so that you will remember it and absorb it in your heart. Throw 
away the ladder. I know it's such a what? what? What does that mean? What does that mean? You will find out. It's a powerful message from God. And right now, I know you will be blessed. Are you ready? I'm going to go straight into the preaching of the word. Can you type it down? Type it. Type this one. Type this one. I'm ready to be blessed. <laughs> type it down. I'm ready to be blessed. I'm ready to be blessed. I'm ready to be blessed. Okay. I start with a story. Um, many years ago, I received a message from a religious leader. But to understand the kind of like the context of his letter, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the letter to you. You see, when I was 13 years old, I started preaching and I became a missionary, started serving the poor and started, you know, going to different schools and preaching, etc. and prayer groups and parishes. So that was me. Okay. So, um, age 13, 13, okay, <laughs> not 30, 13, started becoming a missionary and I, I became a missionary for until the age of 30 years old, I also became an entrepreneur. I did not stop being a missionary. So while being a missionary, I became a entrepreneur. So from that context, let me read to you his message, his letter to me. Okay, and I kind of like summarized it and made it more, 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 um, just give you the, the, the right context, just so that you'll get, you'll get what he was trying to tell me. Brother Bo, I was disappointed when you announced that you became an entrepreneur because you're a preacher of God's word. Why are you dirtying your hands? You should only do holy work. It's beneath your stature as a man of God to get into business. You should only be in the business of saving souls. You know what? To be honest, if I was not immersed and marinated in scriptures, I would have probably been swayed by his striking words. I would have been swayed and I would have like, like doubted, Tama ba yung ako? Um, but I knew the Bible enough to hold on to my convictions. First, he said, why are you dirtying your hands with business? It, it made me ask the question, Teka muna, what is wrong with dirty hands? Um, if you're laboring in the field, and, and you're dirtying your hands, there, there, there's dignity there. But I know what he meant by dirty hands. It, it meant sinful. And I ask myself this question, Teka is business really dirty? Should it be? And the answer for me is no. Um, some businesses are actually holy because why? They give jobs, they, they feed families, they send kids to school. And they serve customers. And then I began to think, wait a minute, Jesus had a small business. He was a carpenter. St. Paul had a business. He was making tents. And so business can be holy, can actually be very holy. It could be your pathway to heaven. The second thing that bothered me in his letter was this. He said, it's beneath your stature, Brother Bo that, you know, you're a man of God. It's beneath your stature to get into business. So in his perspective, 
the kingdom of God had a hierarchy. The kingdom of God had a ladder. And on top are the missionaries, the priests, the pastors, the preachers. They're on top. And then at the bottom of the ladder would be uh, the accountants and the entrepreneurs and the lawyers, maybe especially lawyers. They're really way down. Just kidding, attorney. Just kidding. But th that's the perspective of this relig religious leader who's saying, yeah, there's a hierarchy, there's a ladder in the kingdom of God, which, which brings me to a very important question and a question I want to ask you. Is there really a ladder in God's kingdom? Is there really a ladder in the kingdom of God? By the way, in the world, in the kingdom of the world that you are in right now, look around you, I'm telling you, 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 you know, a person would, would, be, would, would have been living under a rock to not notice that there is a hierarchy in the world. There is a ladder. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that, that they're, they're, yeah, there's rich and there's poor and there's people who are very powerful and there are people who are powerless. Um, but here's what I want to share with you and declare with you, and I hope you're listening. And everybody say, I'm listening. Everybody say, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. Here's, here's my word for you. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came into this world to build a kingdom with no ladders. I'm proclaiming that right now, where every person had equal worth, equal dignity, and, and are given equal love. And the first thing I want to share is that uh, Jesus, you know, he, he did it in two ways. He was, he was building this kingdom with two ladders, with, with no ladders, and he was doing it in, 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 in two ways. The first one is that Jesus treated the bottom dwellers as his VIPs. The, the Beatitudes um, in, in, in Matthew chapter 5, um, you know, blessed are the poor and poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Blessed are those who mourn and blessed are those, you know, that, that, that list. That is his VIP guest list for his kingdom party. He treated all the rejects of society, the rejects, you know, the poor and the lepers and the tax collectors and the prostitutes as beautiful human beings. And more than that, as his dear friends. He ate with them. He laughed with them. He loved each one of them with great dignity and with amazing respect. He treated them as God containers. He, he saw them as God containers. And, and that's why the people on top, the religious leaders, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they didn't like what Jesus was doing because he was shaking things up and he, had, he did not respect the hierarchy that was maintaining their status and their power and their privilege. The second thing that Jesus did in, in why I say that he was building a kingdom with no ladders was because he went down the bottom of the ladder. Um, everybody wanted to go up. Jesus went down. And when did he do that? Well, think about it. He was the almighty God. He, 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 was, the, he was the Alpha and Omega, the first and last, the beginning and the end. And what he did was that he became a fetus in a young girl's 
belly. The Almighty God walked among us. That's the greatest scandal of the universe. And so when Jesus became human, he went down even further. Let me give you a snapshot of Jewish society, the hierarchy of Jewish society. On top are the Romans, the conquerors of the day. Second place were the puppet leaders that they installed, the Romans installed, King Herod, for example. Third were the chief priests. And then you've got the Sadducees, and a little bit lower would be the Pharisees, and everyone who had money. Fourth were the small entrepreneurs, the really small ones, you know, Joseph, the carpenter, the foster father of Jesus. And you've got the fishermen like Peter and James and John and Andrew. And then at the very bottom were the throwaways of society. You've got the poor and the blind and the lame and the, the deaf and the adulterous woman in John chapter 8 that the, 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 the religious leaders wanted to stone. And then you've got the Samaritan woman who had five husbands and she had no friend. And that's why she had to draw water at 12 noon because she did not want to receive the accusing stares of people. And then you've got the tax collectors, Zacchaeus and Matthew, who had money, but who were seen by society as the worst of all sinners that they could not enter the synagogue even um, at, at, at all. And, and don't forget the lepers that everyone wanted to avoid. And then the bottom of all bottoms of Jewish society were the condemned criminals who would hang on dirty crosses. Jesus went to the very, very bottom. And can I speak to you? I do not know where you see yourself in this hierarchy in the world. Um, some of you may, 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 may be at the, at, at somewhere at the top. You know, you've graduated, you've got work, and your job is good, and you know, you might be, you might be okay, and uh, you see yourself as okay. But maybe emotionally, you say, no, I'm, I'm not at the top, and I've been hurt, and I, I feel I'm, I, I don't feel secure, and I'm f afraid, and I'm worried, and. I, you know, or, or, or you may say, you know, I'm actually, um, I don't have a good job, Brother Bo, and, uh, you know, I don't have much money, and, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm at the bottom, wherever you are. Can I say this? That in the eyes of God, in His kingdom, in the world, you've got all these ladders, in heart, but in, in the eyes of God, there are no ladders, and He sees you with great love and dignity and respect. And he sees you, God sees you and says, I love you, you're my child. And then he wants you to see everyone with this same love. I pray that as, as uh, the talk continues, you will receive and open up, come on, open up more your heart to receive more of God's word today. Thank you so much for that powerful message, Brother Bo. We want to honor you for always speaking and preaching with so much love and humility. Hey, if you were blessed by that message, why don't you honor Brother Bo right now? Say, thank you, Brother Bo. Don't be stingy with your words. Come on, praise God for your life, Brother Bo. 
Thank you so much. And by the way, thank you for you. Look at you. You are here with us today studying and learning the Word of God. Hallelujah. I'm praying that as you encounter the Lord, He is slowly changing you bit by bit. And just like I promised earlier, we're about to dig into the Word of God, okay? So with that, may I ask you to bring out your physical Bible if you have one. But if you don't have one, that's fine. We're going to put the slides uh, up on screen. And so we are on... uh, the book of Matthew. We have been on the book of Matthew for over a year now, and it has been blessing us, by the way. If you missed any of the talks in the past, you can go back. Just visit our Facebook account and our YouTube account, okay? We got everything saved for your uh, viewing pleasure, okay, when you got the time. So we are on chapter 18 right now, and today we're going to learn another facet of what it means to truly be part of God's kingdom. Would you like to know what it means to be a true and genuine kingdom follower? Okay, if you do, let's, let's read. Verse 18, oh, rather, chapter 18, verse 1, it says, About that time that the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Okay, first, let me clarify what the term kingdom of heaven means, okay? If you're Catholic, you probably think of the kingdom of God as this beautiful place up in the clouds where people walk in, in white gowns and golden halos and flap around in feathery wings, okay? But let me be the first one to tell you that that's not exactly the truest definition of what a kingdom is. Throughout his gospel, you know, Matthew used the word kingdom and used it to mean as a verb rather than as a noun. So kingdom was more of like an action rather than a place, okay? It's not a location, it's a disposition. So when God reigns, guess what? That's the kingdom. Give it, let me give an example. If you're following God with all your heart, with all your spirit, with all your soul, then guess what? You are, you are living in the kingdom, okay? So this question that the disciples were asking, going back to the reading, who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It doesn't sound like it's new, right? In fact, it's not new. This is still a question that we still ask today. Whether it comes to sports or business, do you know one of the most debated questions of all time? Here it is. Who is the GOAT? Have you ever heard of that question? Who is the GOAT? GOAT means the greatest of all time. Who is the greatest of all time? Is it Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or LeBron James? Is it Pete Sampras, or or, or is it Roger Federer? Is it Pele, or or Ronaldo, or Lionel Messi? Is it Bill Gates, or Steve Jobs, or or Jeff Bezos? Or is it Pandai, or is it the Provinciano? (laughs) It's a question we like asking for some reason. Would you like to know why we like asking this question? Why we like putting people up on a pedestal and idolizing them? Okay. A superficial reason or a shallow reason would probably be because, you know, we like measuring ourselves from highest to lowest. We love doing that. You know, who is on the top and who is at the bottom? Who is first and who is last? But you know what? I believe that there is a a deeper reason, something that goes down to a personal level. And I'm going to share this with you, okay? The reason why we ask who the GOAT is or the greatest of of all time, are you ready for this, is because... At the heart of it all, we want to know who the greatest of all time is because, you know, secretly, we also like to be chosen like them. We want to be chosen, okay? I imagine that when the disciples asked this question of greatness to Jesus, they wanted to know if Jesus already chose one of them as the greatest. 
You know, who is it? Peter, James, Andrew, John, who is it? Jesus. They wanted to know who would hold the highest position in this divine administration that Jesus was going to establish. So they were like, Jesus, um, so who will be your cabinet members in this government that you are, that you are building? That's what they were asking of Jesus. Remember the story of that one time that this mom of the two disciples approached Jesus asking her two sons if they could have a high-ranking position beside him? She was like, Jesus, if you become president, can my boys become the vice president and the speaker of the house? <laughs> Isn't this still a thing of the present? You know, we still live in a world where everything should be about me. Take a look at me, applaud me, celebrate me, envy me. No wonder so many people are miserable. If your motto is everything is about me, you know, I hate to be the one to tell you that you are going to be stuck living in your own little universe. Okay? I'm preaching the truth. And if you're receiving this, type in, amen. But let me qualify this though, okay? Because I want to differentiate what I'm saying from what we call self-love, okay? This is very much different from self-love. And the truth is, you need self-love. I mean, we all do. In a world where there are so many people who despise themselves, my nose is too big, my hips are too big, my, my hands are always sweaty, my height is too small, stop that. Okay, if you're beside somebody, nudge them in the elbow and say, stop that. You need to get off that pity party and start loving the person that God made you to be. Okay, but, but of course, don't stop at self-love. Because as important as self-love is, you know, it can never fulfill you. Because God designed you to sacrifice yourself for others. Now, would you like to know how Jesus answered this question as to who the greatest of all time is? Okay. Let's go to verse 2. Verse 2. Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, when you are reading this for the very first time, it's very easy to simplify and say, ah, okay, in order to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, well, you just need to have you know, a child's personality. You have to be playful and innocent and full of wonder. That's true, but don't get me wrong, okay? These are wonderful virtues to have, but this wasn't the core message of Jesus because the message was much deeper than that, okay? I want you to listen to this because this is going to bless you. Jesus wasn't pointing to a child's personality when he said that. It wasn't just about being innocent or, or, or carefree or happy-go-lucky like a child. It was more than that. Jesus wasn't pointing to a personality. Jesus was pointing out a child's position, okay? Let me explain. There are two things we can learn from a child's position. I want you to listen to this. First, a child is positioned without power. Okay? Think about that. Isn't it true that a child has no status in society when you're young? They're very powerless on their own. They're very desperate on their parents for everything that they need, everything that they want. Second, a child is positioned at the bottom of the pile. Right? In ancient times, you know, children, they were not regarded 
uh, as children. They were regarded as property. They were seen, but they were not heard. They were looked, uh, but, but, but they were looked after, but they were not looked up to. So in other words, they were positioned at the bottom of the pile of society. So to paraphrase, Jesus was saying, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven aren't those who are on top, but those who don't mind, number one, to give up their power and those who don't mind being at the bottom. See, it's an upside-down kingdom. It's not a race to the top, but it's a race to the bottom. It's not about self or status, but it's all about service. Okay, service. That's what it means to be a child in the kingdom of God. Can you position yourself as a child to be dependent on God's power and to go beyond yourself and focus on other people? Now, here's a question. How do you know if you're already dwelling in the kingdom? Here's what you do. Check your why. Check your why. Why do you do what you do? Because if everything is still about me, 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 chances are God is not ruling your life. You're not living in the kingdom. Okay? Now Jesus ends this passage. He ends this message in verse 5 by saying this. Let's read it. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf, is welcoming me. You know, I love those words that Jesus inserted on my behalf because it's as though Jesus was saying, okay, listen to this. I'm sending you. Every time you see someone who is powerless or at the bottom of society, I want you to represent me. Serve them on my behalf. Feed them on my behalf. Love them on my behalf. How you treat those who are lower than you, the bottom dwellers, will tell you whether you are a kingdom dweller, okay? If you follow Jesus, my friend, there should be no ladder in your heart. There should be no hierarchy. Why? Because every person is loved by God. Every person deserves respect, honor, dignity, and love. So guess what? It's time to throw away the ladder. If you're receiving this, Why don't you type in, I'm ready to throw the ladder. Hallelujah. I'm praying that somebody is being set free, Lord, by the pressure of looking at hierarchy and positions and titles at this moment. I'm praying, Lord, that prison doors are being set open and people are walking out. People who have been so trapped into this thinking that they need to climb this ladder in order to to reach success. But in your kingdom, Lord, it's an upside down kingdom. Praise God for this message. But hey, it's not done. Let me end with this, okay? Jesus says in verse 4, let's read it again. This is beautiful. Jesus says, anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, let me explain this. What does it take to be great in God's kingdom? Jesus says, it takes the humility of a child to be great in heaven. But what is humility? I mean, there are many definitions of what humility is, but you know what? I was so amazed because I found a new definition of humility in verse 2. Okay, and I want you to lean in on this message. If you're sitting down, I want you to sit down on the edge of your seat like you're about to fall off. Okay, I need you to receive this like I received it this week. Are you ready for this? Here it is, okay? Verse 2. Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Did you receive it? No, you didn't. Okay, let me read it again. Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Let me say that one more time. Jesus called 
and a child came to him. So what is humility? Here's the definition. Humility is availability. Hallelujah. Come on, think about it. Whenever you give your valuable time to anybody, you are humbling yourself. You're saying, I'm going to give my full attention, my time, my energy to someone else other than me. But of course, here's the bigger question. When Jesus calls you, are you available? Or are you too busy? Are you too preoccupied? I want you to know, my dear friend, that when you give your time to anyone, especially to God, you are humbling yourself like a child. That's what God did when He sent down Jesus in the form of man. God humbled Himself by making Himself available to you and me. He took the lowest place in society, the bottom part of society. Why? So that He could push you from out of the bottom. So whatever bottom that you are going through right now, my friend, Jesus is with you. He is there with you. And the moment that God gets you out of that bottomless pit, the question that He's going to ask you now is this, are you available? Are you available? Are you available to serve those who are nameless, those who are powerless, those who are helpless, who are joyless and defenseless and fatherless and faithless? Are you available? Will you throw away the ladder in your mind and in your heart? I'm going to leave you to answer that question on your own because that's between you and your God. But let's pray. And if I may ask you not to leave once the worship starts, because this is your precious moment with your God. For some of you, you will only get these few precious minutes with Him right now. So please make the moment count. Let's pray if you're ready. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want you to be comfortable in that place. And I want you to feel God's presence pervading the air. His grace flowing like, like, like fluid liquid in that place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this message. Right now, Lord, there is somebody who is struggling receiving this message because he is looking, she is looking at life and at the world with eyes of limited perspective, Lord. There, she is, this person is, is looking at, at society based on a hierarchy. There are levels, Lord, and, and, and they, they treat people based on those levels. There are people who are living below them and they treat them like garbage. But I'm praying, Lord, that you are setting this person free. Free from positions and titles and hierarchies. And you're throwing away, Lord, the concept of what the ladder is. Allow this person, Lord, to love every person that you surround them in their life, Lord, just the way that you love this person. Whether they are poor, whether they are marginalized, whether they are outcasts, or whether they are rejects, let us see people, Lord, the way you see them, that they are loved, that they belong to your house and to your kingdom, that they are the greatest in your kingdom. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.